90% of the fish are caught by 10% of the fishermen. Of 100 boats going out on a Saturday, 80 of them are following the crowd. 10 of them shouldn't be past the end loop. Eight are dialed in for the most part, but two are professionals that are relentlessly dedicated to putting fish on deck despite any conditions, day in and day out, adapting and using past experience. Sit down, strap in, and get ready to take some notes. We're going to take your fishing game to the next level. Welcome to the Obsidian Fishing Podcast. What is happening, guys? Today we're talking about King of the Ledge, Rupert's. Got our gags, reds, scamps, yellow edge, snowy, warsaw, all that kind of good stuff. All my group of fishing experiences out in North Carolina, mostly a little bit of the Gulf Coast around Pensacola, Destin area, and a little bit in the Keys. So today I'm just going to be going over what's worked for me. I've seen a bunch of different tactics, and uh, hopefully I can put you guys on more grouper, make you more efficient. You know, kind of like when you see an opportunity open, take advantage of it and put as many of them in the boat as possible. So, best bite I've ever seen was out of Wrightsville Beach. It was near the frying pan tower area. We were catching scamps, gags, reds. And it, we were using three-way swivel rig, you know, weight, circle hook with about foot and a half, two foot a liter. Big, you know, eight-aught circle hook. Didn't matter what you dropped down, as long as you dropped down, you were hooking a fish, cranking them up, and it was a blast. We were drifting across that spot. My buddy John, he was uh, he got tangled up with another guy, and I was just dropping them down. Me and this one other dude, just dropping them down, you're ripping them up, dropping them down, ripping them up. <laughs> he was getting pissed because he was missing the bite. But uh, when you find a spot that those groupers are biting they are biting and you got to get down as quick as possible get them up as quick as possible so you can get more fish in the boat and you got to realize that and also help your buddies out too you know because if you're fishing you know even a hundred feet of water sometimes it takes a minute to get down and if you're drifting depending on how fast the drift is you might miss the spot <clears throat> or they might not get down in time or vice versa so if you see somebody doubled over catching a fish make sure you're like hey got a grouper I mean, obviously, everybody would probably know if you got a grouper because you're probably like, ah, rod doubled over. But um, help your buddies out on the boat, you know. Just let them know, I got a grouper. And then maybe they can get down, hook another, and pay attention to where you're drifting or anchored up. You're going to swing back on it. But if you're drifting, you want to make sure you know where you're at exactly. That way you can go set up, make that drift again, and catch some more fish. Also did some commercial grouper fishing with the old guy. Ralph, he really took care of me and uh, kind of brought me under his wing, showed me how to do things in North Carolina. He was a little bit unconventional on how he did it. He was like a run-and-gun guy, never pulled the anchor, but anchored all day. So we'll get into that really crazy technique that if you are a hardcore bomb fisherman, you should definitely learn how to do it because it'll save you time, put you on fish, and uh, it's just the fish, the tactic of it, is advanced but once you get the hang of it you're gonna be like why was I never doing this before so anyways um, commercial group of fishermen was out of Swansboro North Carolina and what he did was set the anchor out or before you set the anchor out get a good drift line figure out which bearing the drift was and uh, he had like a kind of like a 
area of known bottom out there that he liked to fish out in North Carolina. He was never really like, oh, we have to go this spot or have to go that spot. He would just run and gun all day. And so he'd get his bearing of drift. Then he would run in that direction all day. Just in one, you know, and mark it. And once you have that bearing of drift, throw the anchor out. And I'd say, you know, we were fishing about 80 to 125 feet of water most of the time. And uh, he'd throw enough anchor out. And what he would do is we would be running along. He'd mark some fish, take a little bit of a right angle, and then go up. And then once he got kind of like back in front of the boat where he marked those fish in a straight line, he'd just pull off the gas. And that boat would drift around, and the anchor that he was dragging in the back would set down. So it would be clear, we're driving along, he's got two, 300 yards of anchor line, and the anchor dragging in the back, going crazy off the side of the boat. <laughs> and uh, he would go, he'd mark the fish, take a little bit of a right turn, and then come around, and then as soon as he would get directly in front of that line of where he marked it, he would just, boom, pull off the gas, and that anchor would, you know, the boat, the momentum of the boat would slow down. And that anchor would set down right about where that, straight in front of that spot of where you marked the fish. And then by the time the boat stopped and got caught, it would swing around right back on top of the fish. It was wild. He was the only one I ever saw do that. But uh, <clears throat> it's possible to learn how to do it. It's just going to take practice. And then if you are doing it, you know, definitely be careful. You don't want to be setting fishing rods on like the left. He always had the anchor line run down the left side of the boat. So some people might say it's dangerous, but he never had any issues um, with it. Just you could maybe put like a cleat on the left side, like midway down the boat. And then that anchor line, when you do run and pull that anchor line, you know, the, the rope hits a cleat and you're good to go. And so we would swing back around on those fish and drop down on them and hook one or not. He'd only fish a spot for about five, ten minutes, maybe. And if we didn't hook one, we pulled up anchor and left. When I say pulled up anchor, what he would do is drive to the right. I'd say at about a 15, 20 degree angle. So clear everything off the left side of the boat. Take a 15, 20 degree angle to the right and just drive, boom, punch it, 20 knots, and the anchor line, you could see it, you know, the Gulf Stream or the water, just clear as day. You could see it go down the left side of the boat. Don't run right at it, otherwise it'll get down your motors and then you're in big trouble. But 15, 20 degree angle, punch it, and he always pulled the anchor right up. He did lose a couple anchors, um, so <laughs> that's a, you know, a risk. But that comes with anchoring, you know, anywhere you go. You could always lose your anchor if you get stuck on some hard bottom and you can't yank it. Hopefully you guys can try that out next time you go. It's super, if you learn how to do it, it's way better than anchoring up and pulling the anchor. I don't know if you guys ever pull in, you know, 100 yards of anchor line with a big ass anchor and a ton of chain is not fun. So um, give it a try line of bearing you know for your drift and if you only have a certain amount of bottom you can always you know move east west north south and then use that same line of bearing then just pay attention to where your 
if it's changing throughout the day, obviously with the tide and all that kind of stuff. Um, marking fish. He would, or some of the, excuse me, some of the best guys I ever fished with, they would stop on anything. It didn't have to be this giant blow up on the bottom. It could just be like one little block or it could be a divot or, you know, obviously a ledge. But like they wouldn't always mark a giant blow up. Some guys I fished with, they would only fish like those giant blow ups of fish, which is cool if you can find it. But you're not going to find a giant blow up everywhere you go. You will find more single marks, single pieces of ledge, all that kind of stuff. They're on a piece of structure that they call home or, you know, like a largemouth bass has like a tree laying off the side of the bank. There's probably going to be one or two bass in there. Uh, if you find a hole or a piece of ledge, there's probably going to be a couple grouper in there. I've seen a ton of grouper come out of one of those spots, but there's nothing wrong with trying and catching that one or two groupers that's on that piece of bottom in that hole or whatever. One of the old guys that hung, hung out at the marina all the time, he said the best grouper spot he ever found was just a little divot. And in that little divot, they were just yank out groupers. So you don't have to find a blow up. Fish those little marks, run and gun. I think you guys will put some more fish in the boat. Um, drifting as well. If you guys don't want to use the anchor line and just want to drift, you know, just be careful about put some thought into, all right, here's where the fish are. Here's where we're going to set up on the drift. This is when we should drop down because you don't want your lines, you know, if you're depending on how bad the current is, you don't, you don't want your lines way out at an angle. And then you're not really contacting the bottom anymore when you actually get on those fish if you drop too soon. But at the same time, you don't want your rig to drop down and miss the fish if you mark them back here, right? So it just depends on how big the spot is. You know, maybe have your buddies drop at different intervals. Teamwork, offshore fishing is the way to go. Um, or if the current's not that bad, everybody can drop right at the same time, right? So, and then bait as well. I've seen it where jigs will catch fish, but if you drop a piece of bait down, I, I can be wrong about this, but I'm just saying what I've seen is as far as like commonality is if you're jig fishing, trying to hook a fish and your buddy drops a piece of bait down, they might get fired up on that bait and not bite the jig. So either like everybody fish jigs or like, you know, maybe try one of each and see what's firing off. But I've seen it. I've noticed once they get on that bait bite, they're, they like don't want the jig. So maybe fish a jig and a bait, see which one, you know, is working and then kind of switch. Uh, you know, if you, you've got a couple guys fishing on the boat and they're willing to try some stuff. Trolling with plugs too. I've honestly never done it. My buddy, Eric, he was out of Tampa, Florida and he trolled some plugs and that was a tactic he caught some nice gag groupers i think it was in the fall and they kind of like push inshore for uh spawning so that'd be something to check out i don't have a lot of whole or a whole lot of experience with it so i'm not going to speak to that but if you live in south florida or somewhere where those <coughs> grouper get pretty shallow definitely give that a try you know watch some youtube videos you know maybe invite the kid who works at the marina who knows what bite is popping off you know that type of thing um, different rigs I like to use inshore fishing that, uh, that commercial guy where I pretty much learned was 
him and a couple other dudes and i've seen a bunch of different rigs uh if you're fishing shallow water carolina rig is cool um usually about a foot of do swivel weight swivel with a foot of line and then about two feet of like leader with a circle hook seen that work really well for like gag groupers inshore my favorite grouper rig was just a three-way swivel so i'm basically just tying braid to a three-way swivel and i got about maybe six inches of weight you know or six inches of line to my weight and i just do a loop knot on the weight side that way i can swap the weights out quick or if like dolphin or a cobia pops up it's cruising around the boat i can just boom pop that weight off throw that rig out and maybe get a bite on that or change my weight depending on how deep how bad the current is that type of thing but back to that three-way so you get your braid to a three-way six inches of a liter to your weight i will fish um, a lighter weight line that way if the weight gets stuck i can break it off and keep my rig so i get to fish you know 30 40 probably like 40 depending on how big your weight is but i'd probably say 40 pounds is a good bet um that way you can kind of like pop it off if your weight gets stuck save your rig and then i'll fish about another two feet of leader I recommend like 130 pound test for grouper um that was out in north carolina i know the guys down south in the clear water florida they'll fish a lot lighter leader but i'd say anywhere from 130 to 180 um unless you're going out really getting on like some big snowies or something like that or warsaws i haven't done a whole lot of warsaw grouper fishing i haven't done any at all so <laughs> i'm not gonna uh say what leader works for them but north carolina most of the groupers are anywhere from you know eight pounds to 40 pounds 40 pounder is a big one uh but i've never had any issues with like 130 pound test as long as you can turn their head get them off that ledge or out of that hole you're gonna be fine with 130 pound uh usually do fish 80 pound braid you can't fish 100 i typically have 80 pound braid on like my uh spinning rods i always just bottom fish with spinning rods but some guys you know if they've got a heavy setup with a conventional reel go with 100 pound doesn't hurt you know and it's like depends on how much line you hold you're probably not going to want to put 80 pound test on a giant reel you know you're probably going to want to put the biggest braid like 100 or something like that or bigger braid <coughs> so anyways and then hooks you got to use my opinion a stout hook so like an owner moodoo hook and i like the offset of it you don't have to get the giant size i've seen grouper caught on like little two watt circle hooks as long as that thing is stout and uh won't break on you you're gonna be fine i you know probably fish a smaller hook maybe like a six seven knot depending on like the size of the bait because you don't want to be fishing like a four or five inch sardine and you've got a giant nine ten knot circle hook sticking out of his nose i just think you'll get more bites with a smaller hook seems that way across any species of fish you know smaller hook more bites so i think apply that same tactic to grouper fishing um as long as it's got you don't want to fish a small hook that doesn't have any you know meat to it i always like 2x 4x hooks that type of thing circle hook hands down you know always hook them good and i 
don't lose fish on a circle hook. It's like once you hook them and you get them off the bottom, they're pretty much yours as long as the shark doesn't get you. So that's what I would recommend. Um, moving on to bait. Sometimes doesn't even matter, man. It's like as soon as you get down to the bottom, they're firing off. And I've noticed that they'll kind of get on a certain bite too. It's like if your buddy is, you know, dropping uh, a sardine and you're dropping squid and he hooks up on that sardine, you might want to switch over, take that squid off, pop sardine on there and drop that down. Some really good bait that I've seen is like, you ever catch like trash fish out in the ocean is like fillet them and use that fillet. Some guys use the head and like the spine and a piece of the fillet. Like, like I would take the fillet off one side and somebody would hook like the head with the other half of the fish on there and drop it down. I didn't really like that. I felt like I got more bites on just like the fillet, you know, anywhere from like that big to that big. And I always hooked the small side of the fillet towards the tail because otherwise you get like, if you hook that bigger chunk that's like a square towards the head, you get like a helicopter motion going down and twist up your rig and all that. But if you hook that narrower <coughs> side of the fillet, as it's going down, it's just kind of gonna flap behind it. It's not gonna get that helicopter motion, which will twist up your rig. So yeah, squid works. I always liked sardines. Wasn't a big fan of mackerel. Commercial guy I fish with, he loved mackerel. Um, I always thought it was soft and just seemed like, you know, smaller fish on the reef would tear it up really fast. I thought the sardines were a little bit hardier. Live bait is killer. If you guys can get pinfish, shad, whatever. I fished, you know, some live shad before, but it seemed like by the time you drop them down and bring them up, they're dead. Like they're pretty fragile. Um, I would hook them through the nose that way. I always thought that, or I always noticed hooking them up through the nose, it would, they'd swim down, they'd just track down better and they're not going to twist up your rig as much. Vice hooking them crossways or something like that. And I noticed they, any kind of bait fish I ever fished with lived a little bit longer when I went up through the nose versus across the nose. Um, jigs, you guys are fishing jigs for grouper. I've noticed that gold has been working really well lately and I've just seen guys on Instagram. Um, I always fish the Roscoe jigs made by Blue Water Candy. Those worked really well. Any color version of that didn't matter. Um, I haven't grouper fished in a little while, so I haven't tried like these new Daiwas or anything like that. I imagine like the Daiwa Saltiga, the Shimano Flatfall, any of that stuff would work too. The Roscoe's are my favorite. Caught a bunch of fish on them. I'm going to keep fishing them. But with that, when you're fishing a jig, Grouper have bought or ate it off the bottom, but most of the time you're going to catch them when you're ripping it up and slamming it back to the bottom. And I want to make sure I feel that jig hit the bottom. So usually I pop it up and then it's, you know, like I can see it working and I just want to make sure it's like on the bottom because most of those groupers are down there sitting on the bottom, obviously. And you're just popping it two, three, four, five feet off the bottom and just working it across that spot as you're drifting. Anchoring. I haven't seen a whole lot of guys, you know, jig fish anchoring. It's more of a drifting thing. I'm not saying you can't do it, but uh, it's just for whatever reason, I haven't seen a whole lot of guys like anchor up and catch a ton of grouper on a jig. Moving along here, 
Um, another rig that you could use that I didn't mention would be like the double hook rig where you just tie in like a loop knot. I only fished, if I was really targeting grouper, I only fish a one hook rig. I like that three-way swivel with a little bit longer leader. Seemed to me like get more bites than like the person who was fishing like a double hook rig. You can fish a double hook rig. You could do like maybe like a long leader on the bottom and then like a shorter one up top. And then, you know, you could catch like some snapper or something like that, sea bass, triggerfish, whatever. But the problem with that is like those triggerfish and stuff are like a lot more aggressive sometimes. So they're going to eat that. You're going to hook up, yank that bait off the bottom a lot faster versus if you're grouper fishing. Um, so I just stick with one hook rig. Seems to me like that's where the money's at. You know, you're fishing a hardy sardine, something that like the bait fish can't tear up as soon as it gets down there. And then uh, I like the longer leader, the two foot leader. Best bait I've ever used for grouper. We caught a red grouper offshore. It was like in almost 200 feet of water. It came up, as you guys know, like if you guys pull fish up from the deep, their bladders and stomachs just bleh, come out of their, their mouth. When this grouper, we gapped him, stuck him in, or not stuck him, we just put him in the boat. It's like his bladder just boom, popped. And like just everything came out that was in his stomach or that he just ate. And it was a like half digested piece of uh, octopus. It was the worst smelling thing ever. Black ink all over my buddy's CV on the, you know, the white floor. And uh, it smelled so bad. And we cut it up, though, and dropped it back down. And that's what we caught grouper on, like, the rest of the day was, like, pieces of this octopus. So if, like, a grouper regurgitates something, try to hook, throw that thing on the hook and drop it back down. Sometimes it's, like, turn into mush and it's no good, you know. But uh, I don't know. Something about that stinky-ass bait, like, groupers love it. So if one grouper ate it, another grouper's probably going to eat it, too. Anyways, rod and reel, uh, I like to use extra, extra heavy Travala. And like I said, 80-pound braid. You can use 65. You can get away with it. But I, I lean towards the heavier side, 80-pound braid, 10,000 size spinning reel or bigger. Um, extra, extra heavy. That way you can get them off the bottom, you know, a little bit of bend, but not too much in the rod. I absolutely love the Travalas. And then if you guys have a conventional run reel, just something stout and heavy, that's like a pen, uh, conventional and a Speedmaster. So like I said, just trying to get them off the bottom real quick. Not a big fan of conventional rods. I just feel like I have more leverage maneuverability with the spinning rods, but to each their own, right? I think as long as you're using heavy enough leader, you know, if you can't get them off the bottom, you might want to up your leader. But if you're pretty good at ripping them up off the bottom, locking down the drag, you know, you get away with that 130-pound crimp. I always crimp my rigs. Um, some guys tie knots. I just feel better about a crimp, you know, and I'm burning the end of it. I pull the, the leader through. I'll run the line through the crimp, through the eye of the hook, back out the crimp, and I'll take a lighter and burn the end of it. And that way it kind of mushrooms and then slide it down to where you like it. Make sure you don't crimp the loop too tight because that'll actually like cut into the line. 
So I always had left it be like flared at the end towards the loop. So I do like a crimp crimp, um, make sure that stuff's good to go with a flare. And I've never had crimps slip. So that's what I recommend. Cause you're putting, if you like locking down the drag, using heavy leader, trying to get them off the bottom. I, I think a crimp is like the way to go. Obviously if you're using like a knot, you really have a lot of confidence in it works with heavy line and leader. Go for it. I personally like a crimp though. Um, another couple things. Grouper gets, you know, stuck in the bottom. That my buddy Ralph sometimes he'd leave his grouper rig down, go to the front, grab a cooler, sandwich, you know, soda, whatever, and his wife would go out there, or his wife, him and his wife usually just fish. Just the two of them would put that 200 to 800 pounds of grouper on the boat which was wild. Miss Terry, she was a really good fisherman. Ralph would always tell me, Zach, you can outfish Miss Terry. I'll give you $100. <laughs> and I never did. I never fished, outfished Miss Terry. One morning I had a lead on her. And then she she uh, caught up to me, though, and caught a lot more fish than me you know, in the afternoon. But she was not happy in the morning. She usually puts a whooping on him. But uh, anyways, he would go up to the front of the boat, and Miss Terry would say, Ralph, you got a grouper. And he'd go back there, and that grouper would get stuck in the bottom, the ledge, the hole, whatever. And he'd say, that's all right. And he'd just leave that rod there for about five minutes and then end up pulling that grouper out five minutes later. Sometimes they go in that ledge, they get your rig tangled up, or, like, they flare their mouth out, and you just cannot pull them out, which is okay. You will you know, you could break your rig, yank it on, yank it on, but... If you're gonna like lose them by breaking them, might as well give them like a couple minutes. He might be able, he might come out to the edge of that ledge or the hole or whatever, and you could just yank him out away from it and get him. So I've seen that work is kind of crazy, but it's a uh, it's a little trick. You know, might be able to put some more grouper in a boat for you. Check your rig after every single grouper because sometimes you know you'll hook one and he could rub you on that ledge and really fray your gear up. So. Just stay on top of that. Check your fluoro throughout the day. Check your braid too. You know, if he pulled you into that hole, you know, you might have nicked your braid on something. So just stay on top of that. You know, don't be afraid to change rigs. I usually pre-rig a whole bunch of rigs before I go grouper fishing that way. And on the boat, crimping and taking a lighter that won't stay lit and trying to crimp my rigs. So pre-game your gear and swap them out throughout the day. You could always save your hooks leader, um, you know, if something's not completely trashed, but seems to me like, you know, grouper are hard to catch. So I want to maximize every opportunity that I'm given throughout the day. All right, guys, hopefully you can try that, you know, anchoring tactic out. Just be careful with it. And uh, drifting, work together as a team when you're drifting, have somebody drop down, you know, and then 30 seconds later, somebody else drops down and kind of see where those uh, fish are popping off at, depending on how fast your drift is those tactics have worked really well for me and that's what i kind of like you know where my experience comes from so hopefully works for you guys you guys can try it out and uh put some more fish in the boat until next time boys later keep the lines tight hope you guys enjoy the show and can use some of the tactics to put more fish in the boat please leave a review it's the only way this thing grows and it's my only ask in return also if you put smackdowns on fish Maybe help a kid catch one or let them crank on one for a bit. You never know when you could create a lifelong sportsman. If it weren't for guys willing to take me fishing, show me the ropes, I definitely would not be the fisherman I am today. 
So let's all carry that forward, help the next generation, because the fish depend on future sportsmen like us. Also, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm always up for questions if you guys want to talk or if you guys want to link up, do some uh, fishing out of SoCal. Until next time, keep those lines tight, boys.